0: Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartz, and today we are looking ahead to week 15, everybody. Fantasy Football Championship on the horizon. Still I get through the semifinals, and for all you DFSers out there, it's just another week in the business. Have a very special guest on the pod today. We're doing our usual Thursday 10 questions episode, arguably... I've been more hyped, I'm more hyped for this guest than any other one we've had because I think it's gonna be a good time. One of the best dudes in the industry, one of the funniest guys in the industry, creator of real life cryptocurrency. <laughs> Haven't seen that before, and just all around great guy, Peter Overset at Peter Overset on twitter pete how's it going man that's
1: good man yeah the, the first time we ever met was back uh yeah we were doing the the gambling olympics you came out there to vegas i think you were watching ufc you know we were gambling on stupid stuff and you were just out there laying by the pool you know just chilling <laughs> all day living the life
0: i went down there for ufc and then one of the people dropped out and my buddy justin fan who I was supposed to be showing with me enters this massive olympics and i was like all right you guys do that i'm gonna chill at a mansion for a couple of days why not man
1: there you go. Those were the good old days back when we could travel and hang out and do fun <laughs> things together.
0: We'll give anything. We'll give anything for a Vegas trip right now. But happy week 15 to you and everyone else out there. We still are not done with the fantasy season just yet. Plenty of off season ahead, but want to take some time to talk to you about 10 questions. Some related to week 15, some not. Some just, you know, every now and then have a few too many glasses of wine and think, hey, this will be something I should talk on the podcast in front of thousands of people. So let's get to it, Pete. Question number one, if you could take the job of one particular NFL player or coach where you would still be you, nobody would realize you have now become this person and realize anything is up until you're forced to start making decisions, who would it be and why?
1: Yeah. So like, cause I feel, you know, the, the superhero answer is like, I want to be DK Metcalf, right. And feel like what it feels like to be a superhuman and, and just have all of these skills and, and, you know, body size at my disposal. But I'm, I'm such a realist. And I was actually looking at some of your future questions. And I feel like you be, might be massively triggered by this answer. Hear me out. I would want to be Jason Sanders kicker for the Miami dolphins.
0: Oh my
1: goodness. Now hear me out, hear me out. First of all, being a kicker in general, I know there's stressful moments when you got to go in and kick a game winner and you know, whatever, but on the, on the whole, it's not too stressful. You get to play in the NFL. You don't have to absorb any hits. And why Jason Sanders in particular? He lives in Miami. Get me out of New England right now. It literally says on my phone, we have a winter storm morning and it's 26 degrees. So I'm down here living in Florida. I get to hang out with my buddy, Patrick Laird. I hear Jason Sanders, a great golfer. And I just live the dream. He's an up and coming kicker. He's been AFC special teams kicker of the up month. And coming. I'm, he's 25 years old. He's in the prime of his life. I want to be Jason Sanders.
0: <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I thought the two choices were backup quarterback, like a Chase Daniel, you know, be the real life Alex Moran or like an energetic coach, like someone where you're not going to like a Pete Carroll, like you're not going to mess up. You can make someone else do the X's and O's. You show up hyped every day. A kicker. You want to you want to sign up to be the most disliked person on any NFL team in the league.
1: No, I could I could win him over with uh, (laughs) some some charm and charisma. I did think about the backup quarterback route with that same logic. But the coach I immediately threw out like these guys are maniacal they devote their entire life to this stuff you know there is no like you see these guys like Sean McVay like they cannot do anything but think about football I don't want that burden I just want to show up and kick and then go to the beach why can't I have this Ian
0: it's a good point I remember when uh McVay got sus- or not McVay uh freaking Sean Payton got suspended uh for the year and he ended up coaching his kids low league team <laughs> and like ended up seeking out so much extra knowledge because he couldn't figure out how to stop this one offense it's a good point. You got to think about the offseason. Miami's, I'm not on to this kicker theory, but it's a good thought. I will give you that. All right. Question number two. So this last Sunday was a wild one on fancy Twitter because Josh Jacobs pretty much took over social media himself by posting on Instagram that he was not playing only to eventually receive his usual role and go through warmups and all that. What are your thoughts on Jacobs basically turning heel and embracing a role as a villain to the Fantasy football community? I kind of love it.
1: Yeah, I, so I'm of two minds about this. Like conceptually, I love the idea of players trolling, like poking fun at these fantasy gamers. To me, the issue was, is he just kind of like spread disinformation and then just left it. Like if he did a follow-up post, like right after just being like, just kidding, you fantasy gamers are so worked up. <laughs> like that would have been funny. But like would people in money in the entire entertainment infrastructure around the NFL reacts to this, And is none the wiser to me.
0: Uh Shit, i freezing up at 407. Hey, sorry you froze up on me there. Oh yeah, you've yeah you froze on me there. Um, that's okay. I stopped it. We'll get that edited. Just uh, where do or at the Jacobs? Just thing again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm of two minds about the Josh Jacobs thing because on the one hand, I appreciate the idea of trolling fantasy gamers. I mean, sometimes we get far way too, you know, worked up and invested in this. So just poking fun at us, I think is fair game. But he never did a quick follow-up where he was like, I'm just kidding. You know, do the follow-up post. You get the joke in, we all laugh and move on. He just let this hang out there. And there's thousands, not even thousands, millions of dollars being exchanged on this. People betting, people setting fantasy lineups, making decisions in DIY to me it's just like it's not funny once you don't actually follow it up with the truth
0: and to do all this and then come out with 76 scoreless yards like come on man yes. I, I thought we were gonna see him get like zero touches or just go the fuck off for you know 100 and multiple scores not the case you gotta back it up if you want to be that heel man
1: yeah and he's been kind of like one of those fast track bullies this year right when he gets in good game scripts he runs well and he puts up good points and then the second they get behind they're like all right come in Devonte booker come in jalen richard we're are you, done are you calling Josh
0: jacobs are you calling josh jacobs a front runner
1: i am i just did so there you go now i'm trolling back at josh jacobs <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. I love it. Question number three. So look, my single biggest personal disappointment from this season was not getting to see Dez get a chance to get his revenge against the Cowboys. I literally had a podcast with Evan Silva, where we were saying before that, if we could make one thing happen in the future with a genie, what would it be? Mine was to see Dez score a touchdown against the Cowboys. I know better things to wish for, but whatever. But anyway, look, Pete, that night we both shared some sheesh as a way to comfort <laughs> Dez during his trying time. Dez wanted to drink wine. We drank some wine with him. But that's my most tilting moment of the season. What's been your most tilting or just personally disappointing moment from the entire 2020 season?
1: Yeah, so mine I will tie to fantasy. And, you know, we we all did a ton of drafts this offseason, ton of best ball drafts. You know, I was a big zero RB guy, you know, waiting, scooping up all these guys, counting on the volatility of this year, shaking things up, thrusting these guys into new roles. I have zero shares of James Robinson. Oh. I have he's he's the breakout smash zero running back candidate of like the decade since Arian Foster, basically. And I don't have him. And I'm I'm so mad I lose sleep about it. Every single day, it, Ian, it's it's awful. How do I not have James Robinson?
0: Losing sleep every day. Only Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook have more freaking touches than James Robinson this season. Literally just pulled it up from roto World. August 30th, we hear that Jaguars rookie RB James Robinson has had, quote, several strong runs in team drills. So unless you saw that and just thought, hey, oh my gosh, look at this undrafted free agent, stud from Illinois State. I don't know how you could have been on it. That is incredibly tilting. It's a factor of best ball, man. The fact that we do these things for from February to August, and, you know, we might find the angle or we might freak out about some suspension, but ultimately it can come down to an undrafted free agent running back getting named the leader in freaking on August 30th.
1: I know it's uh, it's so tough too. It's like a good reminder of diversifying. You know, we fall in love with these guys at the end of drafts, and you're like, "I love this guy." I'm mean, gonna just keep taking LaVisca Shenault, Laviska Shenault every time, uh, who I'm gonna talk about in a second here. But yeah, I am I'm majorly tilted to not get to enjoy a James Robinson zero RB smash this year.
0: So, so sad. Well, we actually did a best ball draft together this summer, and this brings me to question number four. And we were so thrilled to come away with Drew Locke late that we started <laughs> dancing and rapping the Jeezy mid-podcast. Maybe, yeah, there we go. Maybe he had a little bit of an alcohol infusion to do with that. But either way, I have dubbed Drew Locke AFC West Jameis. I have gotten plenty of hatred on Twitter for this thing. I'm not giving enough respect to Jameis. Whatever. I'm owning it. He threw four touchdowns last week. So where are you now, haters? But, all right, look, let's be realistic. We're probably going to see a you know, corresponding bust come this week But I maintain that if you don't like Drew Locke, you do not like fun. Pete, thoughts on Drew Locke, both as a personality and as a long-term QB option?
1: Yeah, so I'm with you on this take. And I feel like we have a good roadmap too, right? When Josh Allen came in the league, no one wanted to like this guy. They said he didn't have, you know, the accuracy and anything to be a legit NFL quarterback and that might even still be the case except the team has built around him they've gotten him weapons they have one of the most aggressive offenses in the league going for it on fourth down pushing edges I feel like Denver can get there with Drew Locke I mean they had a really disappointing injury at the beginning of the season with Cortland Sutton and I mean Cortland Sutton I, I still don't think everyone realizes how good he is like he's one of these like DK Metcalf grown-ass man types so for him to lose those guys, we've had Noah fan in and out of the lineup. I feel like Drew Locke can do a poor man's Josh Allen. Get the play calling, get the weapon. So I'm not ready to throw in the towel on, uh, on Drew Locke. I know he'll have some back-breaking interceptions, but I'm with you. This dude does what we want for fantasy and pushes the ball down the field.
0: For better or for worse, Drew Locke, forces you to pretty much guard every inch of the field. He's an athletic guy. You know, he had a nice two week run where he didn't take a single sack. He's not rushing as much as Josh Allen. They're different players. I understand that, but much higher range of outcomes for him and his corresponding receivers. than we see in the usual bad quarterback. So yeah, once we get Sutton back, I mean, Tim Patrick's actually been playing very well in play in their place of Sutton. But if we're looking at Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, wide receiver trio with a healthy Noah Fant, 2021 best ball season, man, we're going to be pounding drew lock in those late rounds. All right, man. So the XFL was something that both of us held dear and near to our hearts. I mean, when that went away in March, it was just, I don't want to talk about how sad that day was. Anyway, quality of play, <laughs> up and down, kind of depends on who you have a QB. I get it, but there were legit some fun rule changes. What, if anything, would you like to see the NFL adopt from what we saw in the brief second run of the XFL?
1: Yeah, so my... I'm actually curious on your take because you you love football more than maybe anyone I know. <laughs> I loved the 25 second play clock. I loved speeding up the game. So I'm curious, Ian, if you're like, no, you gotta stretch these games out. I want every second of it. But I loved having the faster games. And if we could parlay that into like evening out the schedule where we have like a staggered start to all these games. So you have like four on at red zone at all times. Like to me, that would be the ideal world. Sped up games, spread out. So we get to enjoy them all throughout the day
0: hundred percent with you also thought that them having you know just a double pass rule which all that did was stop the dumb like laterals that go accidentally you know 0.5 yards back and we end up getting some long replay trying to judge if it was actually a forward pass or not removing that from the equation was fun old XFL rules were for the coin toss they just used to have two guys sprint 25 yards and whoever got yeah. the ball first that was wild probably not great with you know trying to stay healthy and dumb things like that but i do think they were pretty innovative and yes uh, i like your call also i thought the XFL. was was the first league like look you know you, you and me fantasy analysts like anytime we talk to someone they're always kind of like rolling their eyes like oh yeah you, you want to talk football with me like I think now, like, the XFL did a good job of embracing gambling and fantasy more than anyone else. But even then, it was like, all right, now we're going to kick it over to our fantasy analysts here. Like, I would love to see one league just let a game – have their play-by-play guy and a color guy and just openly talk about fantasy and gambling in the realm of a game. They act like that every after every single play, we need to be like, wow, that's, you know, 2.2 fantasy points right there, Pete. You know, how's that going to impact the matchup? I think there's a nice little blend that we can eventually strive to.
1: How about we toss our names in the ring? Ian and Pete on in the broadcast booth talking DFS fantasy for the XFL. Why not? Who says no?
0: You hear that? You hear that PFF? I think, I think Chris Collins was a pretty big deal in the play-by-play world. Maybe he can hook us up, Pete. I'm going to see what we can do. Question number six, all right, Dolphins, we've talked about this. You want to be the kicker for the Miami Dolphins, which <laughs> is still still insane, but it, that is what it is. You know the Dolphins better than just about anybody because you and Patrick Laird, who last week led the Dolphins in snaps. You guys are real-life best friends, which is awesome. I'm very jealous, and that is sweet. But, look, this entire offense is banged up. Two is truly playing better, just not getting a bunch of help right now. Now we got a Patriots defense where we all know Bill Belichick versus a rookie QB, not exactly cooking with uh, you know anything good there. Anyone even our Laird and Saver, are they on your fancy radar this week?
1: Yeah. You know, I, the, the wide receiver situation is a little tricky because both Parker and Grant are banged up, but I believe they were both at practice today. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Gaseki, I'm guessing won't play the guy I'm really interested in. And I've been adding in some of my leagues where I'm still alive is Lynn Bowden. And I think, um, Just super versatile skill set guy. Like, I feel like he's basically Miami's Curtis Samuel. I'll need to get the OSU guys a stamp of (laughs) approval on that take, but he is electric with the ball. He was making guys miss in the open field. So I like how they were using him. And even if those other guys are back, I feel like you got to get the guy this ball uh, in space and just let him make plays. So yeah, I'm excited about Lynn Bowden. And I'm also kind of a sicko. If Gaskin is out again, I don't mind going back to Deandre Washington. His workload was pretty good. Um, And if he's going to get 14 to 15 carries and three to four targets, I think he can do a poor man's miles Gaskin.
0: Those wide receivers stay out, Grant Parker, and, you know, even – uh, yeah, even is going to be out as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we uh, will get the amount of snaps uh, and targets that he needs. I am always so partial to these like wide receiver running back hybrids. Cordero Patterson, Curtis Samuel, Percy Harvin was awesome back in the day. Yeah, and now we got Lavisca Chenault. We just keep you know teasing the main event coming up with this Chenault breakdown. <laughs> We're going to keep teasing it though. Moving on. So the season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app with so many storylines in both professional and collegiate sports. This is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet head to the app store now because you do not want to miss this people. To celebrate Sunday's action DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100 that's right you bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting additionally this weekend there is plenty of action to get on so head to the app now to start making it rain. On top of those great sign-up offers DraftKings offers great odd, odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable and secure making it easy for your deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code PFF during sign-up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So, must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Risk-free coverage paid out in-site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Look... You, you talked about wanting to be a kicker. And here's my <laughs> question. Before you even said this, this was my question number seven. Kickers are stupid, Pete. They literally aren't even the same species as real football players. They're, you know, make games more conservative in terms of play calling and just more violence on kickoffs, too. I truly do not see a good reason to have kickers. If you've ever had, you know, a significant other or a new friend that doesn't understand football, like just merely trying to explain the kicking aspect of it is probably enough to turn anyone away from the game. I want kicking to be removed from fantasy football. And I think you should only be able to do it in the NFL with with a player that was on the field for the previous play. Pete, give me your stance on this objectively dumb position and my probably even dumber idea for how to fix it.
1: Objection, Your Honor. You're leading the witness. Um, I do not have the anti-kicker passion that you do. I would say I'm indifferent to it. I mean, for DFS in particular, like one of the reasons, like defense is just as stupid to have in DFS. It's so random. Fair. Um, But partly why we have that is because it actually – creates the game or more variance within the game you know if you made it more of a skill game than less you know new people who come in they lose their money they leave i think it actually helps the ecosystem in the same way you play poker like you know someone who has pocket aces they need to be able to lose every once in a while to someone who has seven three it keeps things fresh the variance is what makes it a fun game so there's that but also my tweak would be to make it team kicker. Because what I don't want to have to deal with is all these scratches. Like I'm literally having to pull out Ryan suck up out of my lineup because he's on COVID. I'm having to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like I feel like there would be some strategy of like, okay, I want, you know, the the Falcons or the Cardinals always stall out in the red zone. I want their kicker, but without the headache of having to worry about like health and COVID and all that. So my my proposal is team kicker and I get those points no matter who is doing them.
0: It's already defense and special teams. Let's just add kicker and make it one giant position that hopefully a lot of our leagues will have removed anyway. But if you really want to keep them in it, go ahead. But
1: that uh would... that would be wild, right? Because if you have like Youngho Koo on the Falcons and he's like a smash, but then you don't want to play the Falcons defense, but you're like, it's all lumped in together.
0: Your kicker gets you 12 points, but the defense gives up 40. It's just like a yeah. loss. Like, hey, if we want things to be, you know, more volatile, as you're saying, it does help with that. All right. That's the one nice thing I can say about kickers. It makes those of us that know more about football, no less in fantasy. So, just be careful great.
1: who you're talking to, because you could be talking to Jason Sanders right now and you don't even know it. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable. Question eight. All right. Derrick Henry versus the Lions. Jonathan Taylor versus the Texans. Cam Akers versus the Jets. All on the week 15 DFS main slate. I mean, I'm sure most cash game Lions are going to be trying to get these dudes in there, figure out the rest. At a minimum, they're going to be carry extremely high projected ownership. Pete, as you like to say, man, we've seen a few slates get flipped on their heads this season. Which one of these running backs could you see fading or just busting this week?
1: Yeah. This one is so tough for me because Derek Henry, man, he is like the biggest riddle for DFS because it does seem like the weeks that he gets there are the weeks he's popular. Like the public does a good job of identifying the smash spots. And I treat him like a pretty simple problem for DFS. I'm like, if he's under 20%, we know he has a ceiling to put up 40. I'll probably play him. If he's over 20% ownership, I'm probably fading him knowing that it's not baking in the downside risk. So, just because of price compared to those other guys and ownership, I am going to be more inclined to fade Derek Henry. And I particularly love Jonathan Taylor this week. I mean, he's what like $3,000 cheaper than Henry on, on DraftKings. So to me, if you're going to get that discount, we're seeing the big workload boost. Um, I'm pretty hype on, on uh, both of these rookies heading into this week.
0: Yeah, they're both finally getting those roles you wanted for them all season. The, the, the continued victory laps around the industry just cracks me up with these guys like, oh, remember when I told you to get Jonathan Taylor back then? Like, yeah, if you really listened to that and you went for him in the third or fourth round, you're probably not here to reap the rewards anyway. But yes, to your point, when we can save the money on players that honestly might finish up with similar, you know, touch projections against similarly porous defenses. I think it makes sense to probably pay down. Now, this is terrifying because we know Henry's going to now go the absolute hell off this week, but the Titans, they've been throwing the ball a more is year AJB he's my guy he's a big grown-ass man as you said even Corey Davis maybe he's in for a big bounce back spot
1: yeah no I'm with you and I think that's the way to think about fades in DFS right it's not just like auto fading it it's like okay if Derrick Henry fails who might actually be someone who could succeed and it is the passing game or maybe it's the defense maybe you play you know them thinking they get a couple pick sixes stuff like that so if you're gonna fade Derrick Henry which is so scary at least make sure you're leveraging the ownership in a smart way.
0: Yeah, I will be freaking shocked if the Titans do anything less than score 30 points. It just might not be by Derrick Henry. All right, look, question number nine, best and worst preseason calls from yourself, Pete. I want you to pat yourself on the back and then just kick yourself in the balls. You already used James Robinson with the best ball. That wasn't even really a big miss by you. Go.
1: Yeah. So I, I can tie it back into my LaVisca Chanel, and it goes to this diversification issue. I was drafting a ton of Jalen Rager in LaVisca Chanel. And that is so tilting in that this year, the wide receiver class for fantasy was like shooting fish in a barrel. It was like yeah. CD Lamb, Brandon Ayuk, T Higgins, Justin Jefferson, just like smash, smash, smash. And like I didn't have uh, near as much of those guys as I should have, uh, partly because we made a LaVisca chanel highlight reel for my shows and so every time you drafted him we played the highlight reel so i'd be on these streams and everyone would be like you got to draft visca so we can play the highlight reel so that backed me into a corner but yes not having enough of the other smash wide receivers uh definitely hurt that was one of my um my kind of bad calls i would say i'm trying to think um I think just in general, being on fading the running backs uh, in rounds, you know, two through five and, and kind of, if you were going to get a bell cow, get a Kamara, get a cook, you know, yeah, we lost McCaffrey and, and Barkley, but. I think those were good picks, but avoiding the Leonard Fournette, the Le'Veon Bell that, you know, I know Todd Gurley had a a nice run there, but has really fallen off a bit lately. So I think just understanding how this year was going to play out um, really pushed me to some good builds. It pushed me to a lot of Travis Kelsey in these elite wide receivers, because if you were passing or if you were drafting those running backs, you were missing out on AJ Brown. You were missing out on Calvin Ridley. So getting to load up on those guys has really helped my, my
0: teams this year. I don't want to come off as someone that's ageist or anything, but <laughs> at some point with these running backs, man, we just got to cut ties when they're changing teams or at least looking in one of these brutal situations. I was with you on that. So two of my big misses, like, all right, Chris Herndon's one that, you know, he gets like his one catch a week and I get a few smart asses out there on Twitter say, Oh, good <laughs> call on that one." All right. I'm responsible for a lot of missed round 15 picks this year on Herndon, but that didn't sink any rosters. The two big misses, you know, I went through like my fade list back from the preseason, Aaron Rodgers. I'm still wrapping my head around this guy being a great quarterback, but basically a borderline QB one for the past four years, getting no upgrades in the offense and then just turning it around. But you know what? It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Pete, how did I overthink this? How did I say the Lions were going to win the NFC North? Just continuing to kind of overthink that. And I understand the Packers. So, I understand the reasoning behind it, but man, like I know running back, we got watched the age, but someone like Aaron Rodgers just realized one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. Don't need to overthink it there. And then Darren Waller was someone I missed on thinking, hey, Jason Witten came in. Maybe there's going to be too much competition to go around. You know what? When the guy spends the entire last season working as one of the best tight ends in the league, they're probably not going to stop throwing the ball to him. So, you know, I was able to hit on a bunch of this, the wide receivers. People were a little more iffy on AJ Brown, Adam Thielen, uh, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, but yeah, man, I would just say, especially 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 in an offense like Darren Waller's in, where if you can see someone really has that high triple digit target potential and just be that number one outright guy, go ahead. Take a chance on that. There you go. Pete, Pete, we have reached the main event. Uh oh. I called you when I wrote this question. I said, You're the <laughs> self proclaimed best fleeter in the game. That's not true. You have not proclaimed that. So I'm doing it for you. I'm saying <laughs> you're the best fleeter in the game in a world of fleet where everyone just puts their tweets on there. Like we can see your tweets anyway. I don't know why fleet has turned in and just reposting your tweets. You do actual helpful videos and reactions and things. So I want 10 second fleet summaries, thoughts on the following players. Are you ready? Okay, let's do this. Antonio Gibson. Okay.
1: If you love something, let it go. If it's meant to be, it will ultimately return. As did Antonio Gibson to practice today.
0: (laughs) I'm giving that seven out of (laughs) ten. Number two, Lavisca Chenault. Okay.
1: Yes, I should have diversified my wide receiver rookie portfolio more throughout draft season, but it's not about the championships you win it's about the friends and signed mini helmets you make along the way
0: 8.5 well done dk metcalf
1: dear dk metcalf i had to completely overhaul my proprietary grown ass man metric because of you you completely broke it and for that i'm grateful
0: Seven and a half. Well done. I want I want you to turn it up for this one. AJ okay. freaking Brown.
1: Yeah. All right. AJ Brown, you are also a grown ass man. And every day, I still cannot believe that you played in the same offense as Dawson Knox and Jordan
0: Tiamo. <laughs> I love playing on that in the Montgomery freaking meme these days. Two more. <laughs> Two more, Pete. Justin yeah. Herbert. Dear Justin Herbert.
1: I apologize for saying you look like Brendan Dassey from Making a Murderer. You won me a lot of money against the Jets. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I don't know why these have turned into like me talking directly to the players, but they have.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. That that was a wild, just one week storyline. Oh, can Justin Herbert keep it up without the hair? Last one, last one, Will Fuller.
1: Okay. Dear Will. Everyone does PEDs in the NFL. You don't need to apologize. The only thing you need to apologize for is getting caught. However, you do need to be worried about getting Wally pipped by Patrick Laird's college roommate, Chad Hansen.
0: Oh, my God. Pete, well freaking done, man. I got to find this freaking quote, World of Sins. Because you, ju- you just said, yeah, in a close society, this is from Hunter S. Thompson. You just, in a fleet thing, inspired one of my favorite quotes. Hunter S. Thompson, in a close society where everybody's guilty, the only crime is getting caught in a world of thieves, the only final sin is stupidity. That's you, wolf Damn it, man. We got the Bengals in a track meet in Houston, week 16. That was going to be all of our fantasy teams. You know, it's all right. You're still a baller and everything, and who knows what it was. But man, disappointing. Pete, thank you so much, man. This was fun. Everyone can find you on Twitter at Peter Overset. Let the people know where you got out because I can't keep track anymore. The Swolecast, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I got so many shows going on right now. I'll plug my YouTube channel. I've been doing uh, DFS videos there on Monday. I review my DFS lineups. And on Fridays, I have a guest on uh, who's super sharp with DFS strategy and pick their brain about the slate. So if you're interested in getting better at single entry, three max GPP tournaments for DFS, uh, you can follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Peter
0: Truly one of the best in our industry of just having a good time. Also giving some good information. That's what we always try to do here on the PFF fantasy football podcast, try to win some championships along the way. So thank you again, Pete. And thank you all for listening, truly pulling for each and every one of you in week 15 and beyond for Pete. I'm Ian Harditz. And until next time, take care, everybody.